0: The the idea that we can bring these experiences at scale uh, to U.S. students and give them the opportunity to um, to see things that they may never see outside their own community uh, to bring it to them in the classroom I think is incredibly powerful.
1: That's David Young, the CEO of Participate, who is bringing cultural experiences to K through 12 students at scale.
0: Nearly everybody has a fantastic experience, and and they have to because the the mission isn't to place teachers or to put teachers in schools. The mission is for them to deliver a fantastic experience to our students. A
1: 2012 study by Deloitte revealed that out of 4,800 millennials in 16 countries with a college education, 36% of them revealed that they believe the main purpose of a business is to improve society. And by 2025, 75% of the workforce will be millennials. See, the reason I mention this is because many B Corps are mission-driven companies that tend to draw employees who share similar core values and interests. In Participate's case, they gather teachers and students who want to experience different cultures because they all see a beauty in indifference. Uh,
0: Dedicated, uh, mission-driven, Uh, These are people that want to use their careers to um, make a difference in the world. And while certainly we all need a paycheck and we want to, you know, live, you know, live our lives in a very comfortable way. We we also want to be able to do that while earning more than just a paycheck.
1: Welcome, folks, to episode 38, 38 of the Earliest Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and enjoy getting to learn how culture attracts culture. three two one welcome world to episode 38 of the Religious podcast with special guest today the ceo of participate my friend david young david how are you doing today hey kevin how are you doing nice to see you nice to see you too fantastic and david where whereabouts are you right now
0: oh man i am uh in a great place uh, it's called uh lindora which is uh a little town outside of San Jose, Costa Rica, and I'm here in our uh, Participate Learning office, uh, and uh, down here for a few months with my kids. We've uh, we're, we're taking a little uh, family adventure for them to learn Spanish, learn about the culture, have some uh, great experiences, and become bilingual.
1: Wonderful, and, and I can't wait to get into that and kind of what Participate uh, involvement is with uh, language and bringing the world to these students, K through twelve, but. First, uh, I want to tell our audience why you're on the show today. Um, participate ranked um, in the top 100 impact companies of 2019 um, for a organization that is being a force for good. Um, and Love before and before we get into that, David, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how this idea came to fruition?
0: Sure, I was uh, very fortunate to grow up in a, a family of educators who. Uh, believe strongly in, in lifelong learning opportunities and particularly uh, global learning opportunities. Um, my parents grew up in very rural circumstances in, in North Carolina, one in the mountains, one out on, on the coastal plains, both on tobacco farms, and grew up in very agrarian types of scenarios. They met in college, went on to uh, uh, gain you know, uh, advanced degrees uh, and have some experiences living in New York City and some other places. Uh, their experience in New York City really uh, opened their eyes that there's a lot more to the world about learning about other cultures, about traveling, uh, understanding uh, uh, other ways of living, other nationalities. And so they dedicated kind of their lives and their, their uh, work and education to ensuring that other people would have those opportunities. As my, uh, as my parents kind of uh, uh, grew up and ended up having my siblings and me, um, my father ended up a university president. And then those experiences tried to really um, we we call it globalize globalize the, the university environment. Mm. Uh, and much of what we do as an organization today is is the result of some very successful things that happened at the higher ed level, uh, visiting professors, uh, language study, study abroad, uh, international students. Uh, many of the things that you might take for granted at a at a university. Um, we felt like uh, maybe there was an opportunity that uh, that could happen for more kids and happen at an earlier age. And so um, we really started on this path of making global education possible for for all students and not just for the lucky few. Wow,
1: it seems like uh, a lot of work really went into that. And um, like you said, the study abroad programs and all the unique things that universities nowadays offer. So you're telling me you want to bring those ideas to, to K through 12 um, you know, when did you realize that this could be, you know, a, a profitable business? This could be something that could really work. Um, what was the first uh, idea or, or thing that really came through for you that says, you know, what this could, this could scale?
0: Um, so, you know, we were pretty successful from from day one. Uh, the mm-hmm. idea of um, bringing visiting professors to universities had been. Popular for years and years and years, and so it was kind of a proven model. Uh, every university in the country has visiting professors, so the concept of of um, sort of adapting that to K twelve was was pretty uh, seemed pretty obvious. Um, and so uh, we started in 1989 with a, a very small pilot. Um, had a great partnership with the state of North Carolina. Um, to to give it a try, and uh, and in the first year, all twelve of those teachers were highly successful. They were all asked to return for another year, and and then all of a sudden, the next year, you know, several other districts saw what had been happening uh, and asked to participate, and we doubled in size, and then we doubled in size the next year, doubled in size the next year, and doubled in size, and so the demand was there you know, pretty much right away. Um, you know the teachers were very good. They were they were bringing uh, their their language skills, a cultural experience. You know, back in those days, only about ten uh, percent of U.S. citizens had passports, and so um, very few people traveled abroad back in you know the late '80s, early '90s. And so bringing uh, an international perspective, uh, another culture, another language into a school was was really transformative, and so um, that became uh, immediately. Uh, uh, successful, and then we figured out over time how to also make that a, 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 a business that could work. To be fair, it started off almost as a family project, and so uh, it took us a while to learn kind of how to do things efficiently, And um, but ultimately, we've, we've, we've done that.
1: Wow. You know, it, and at least when I was growing up, you know, it, I really felt like I was in a bubble until I really got to explore and work for real leaders did I find out what was really going on in the world. What type of impact do you think this is going to have on students as they learn more about the world and, and different cultures and different languages?
0: Oh my gosh! Um, oh, by the way, I just just realized that I um, I missed the spot shaving today. Apologize for that. Um, you know the impact uh, the impact that this could. I mean, I'm 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 living it right now. I'm watching my kids here in Costa Rica, you know, have the experience that I hope you know, U.S. kids are having because our teachers are, are there in U.S. classrooms. Um, you know, every single action that you take um, you know, while you're here uh, you know, is a learning opportunity. Every, every experience my kids have using Spanish you know, when they use it successfully one time, it sticks. And, you know, it, it's irreplaceable to have real-life, meaningful, tangible experiences interacting with another human being. Um, when we were growing up, uh, and I tell the story internally all the time, uh, we were, we were—I was eight years old—and we hosted Nia, uh, a Finnish exchange uh, student at the University. And, and you know, the, having a person in, in your house that, that speaks differently, dresses differently, everything about it was different, and we just absolutely loved it. Um, and and once you learn to love Finland, and for us, that was Nia it's very easy to then love Norway and then, then Denmark, then Europe. And, you know, you have, you get excited about these opportunities to interact with people from other places. And, and that's held true. Even, even today, I'm here, you know, and, and I've had a, you know, I've, I've, for 10 hours today, I've been interacting with, with Ticos and having the time of my life, um, trying to speak Spanish effectively, trying to understand how things work and, And it's just a a blast So the the idea that we can bring these experiences at scale uh, to us students and give them the opportunity to, um, to see things that they may never see outside their own community uh, to bring it to them in the classroom, I think is incredibly powerful.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like you said, you're bringing the world to these students. They're almost ambassadors by the time they're done. And, and so can you kind of walk me through the process to, Becoming a teacher. Um, if, if I am, am curious about this, what
0: would I do? So to be a, to be one of our participate uh, teachers, sure. Um, the uh, so first of all, you need to be a teacher. Um, so you need to be a teacher in your home country, um, and that that's critical. So we need need you to be an education major, to have graduated, have uh, some experience. Uh, We do need uh, uh, folks to have a a very strong level of English proficiency since they're going to be working in, in U.S. schools. Um, we need them to be able to drive, um, for instance, because we, we need them to actually uh, physically get to the school. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of requirements um, that are detailed, you know, on the website, and, and you can easily find those. Um, but but most importantly, it's, it's kind of um, aside from just content knowledge and the ability to uh, to teach uh, students, you know, really uh, people that are successful in cross cultural assignments tend to be very special. Um, they are super flexible, they um, have a a lifelong learning uh, mentality, they they see differences as good and not as necessarily bad. That it's a that differences are part of what makes uh, you know the world a special place, and, and so they celebrate differences instead of just tolerating differences or even or even disliking difference. Um, so you know, we we've found that there is a personality type that's probably most effective for leaving a, a home country and trying to to do this. Um, and so over 30 years, you know, we've kind of been able to figure out how to do that more and more effectively. And I think now, you know, we've, we've uh, seen that we have extremely uh, positive satisfaction numbers, both from the host schools uh, and, and the visiting teachers. Um, nearly everybody has a fantastic experience. And, and they have to, because the, the mission isn't to place teachers or to put teachers in schools. The mission is for them to deliver a fantastic experience to our students Uh, talking about their culture and their uh, language and their history, but also that we want them to be enthusiastic about learning about U.S. Culture because eventually they are going to return home or they're going to go to another country and we want them to be ambassadors of of U.S. Culture and and to be able to speak positively about their experience. So it's truly a a two-way exchange.
1: And David, how many schools have you worked with so far?
0: I, I mean over 30 years we've worked with thousands of thousands. schools so um, cur- currently we work with about 450. Okay.
1: And over those 30 years what's the biggest surprise um that's really caught you off guard? Oh, uh
0: caught for me in, off guard For, um, for impact or well, just something
1: that's just like, well, I didn't expect that to
0: happen. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, when you work with, uh, for 30 years and, and with now, I think 16, 17,000 teachers, unfortunately the, the things that catch you off guard are probably not the most positive things. Um, you know, you're, we've dealt with, uh, situations that you, you could imagine would be very difficult. We've had, uh, car accidents, we've had health incidents, we've had, um, mm. You know personnel, and so so everything that you would expect of any organization with thirty years and you know tens of thousands of of people. You know we've we've had some surprises. Um, that said, I, you know we we prepare. Um, you know our team is uh, experienced in and. In in a lot of different scenarios, um, and and we prepare for for all kinds of, of situations, and and we deal with those effectively. Um, on the positive side, you know, I, I I think our expectations are quite high. So, you know, winning this award was a nice surprise, and we we very much appreciate the opportunity to, to come in to be be part of this effort.
1: Well, winning the award wasn't just the up, you, you won two awards. Uh, I know, I know. Yesterday, awesome.
0: yesterday, the
1: the your employees did a great job of of taking home the gold in the photo challenge. Um, so that's going to transition, transition to my next question. How would you describe, uh, the employees, um, that work for participate?
0: Oh gosh. Uh, super passionate, committed, um, fun, uh, hardworking, um, uh, dedicated, uh, mission driven. Uh, these are people that want to use their careers to, um, make a difference in the world. And while certainly we all need a paycheck and we wanna you know, live, you know, live our lives as, in a very comfortable way, we, we also want to be able to do that while earning more than just a paycheck. We wanna impact um, students in our case, we want to extend global learning to all students. Um, and, and I think uh, you would see that energy and enthusiasm as you did yesterday on a daily basis.
1: Now, would you say um, your employees are a key driver of, of why you're able to sustain a company for 30 years?
0: Uh, they're everything. Um, and uh, you know, many, many of our employees have been around for, for decades now. Um, uh, it's absolutely critical to have that kind of uh, effort day in and day out, uh, knowledge, um, uh, again, commitment uh, uh, and drive. Um, you know but for 30 years you can't just do the same thing you have to innovate right i mean you can't just do what you did in 1990 and expect it's going to work today and so you know there's been constant uh iteration on processes learning to use you know i i was there in 1989 90 and you know uh, you wouldn't even, you were not born when we were using wax fax paper or didn't even have a fax and literally snail mail for applications and you know I, I remember getting an application from India at one time where it came on truly parchment paper um, and wow. uh, you know trying to take uh, video cool. equipment all over the world to record interviews you know and now now you can do that you know you don't even have to do that, you just pull your phone in your face so yeah the the, the changes have been extraordinary, and you can't you can't just hang around for thirty years by um, you know sitting still and so our staff have been. Uh, extraordinary at, uh, at, at reinventing themselves year over year and reinventing processes and adapting to technology.
1: Yeah. How has technology or culture really transformed over those last 30 years and how is it you know, opening opportunities for you now?
0: Well, I mean, so, so I was talking to a, a fellow earlier today about the first, uh, the first bag phone that I had and it was, it was, you know, it was large. I can't fit on this. as large. And you know, you're carrying this bag fund around, but it only works uh, in big cities because there's no cell coverage in the places that we, we work in some cases in the, in the late eighties. And, uh, but I, I remember crying, I mean, literally crying the first time I received a fax application on what we call, you won't even know this, we called it a plain paper fax machine. And so instead of the fax coming out and, and rolling up into this wax paper ball, um, it actually came out as a print copy, and and uh, that was a that was a a, a day of of great emotion. Um, so, you know, and that's just in the '90s. Then you think about like, you know, the iPhone, what well, came out in 06, and then the iPad in 08 or '09. So, I mean, you it's not that long ago, and and so. But the, the pace of change is extraordinary. And so as, a, as an organization um, that has to constantly uh, keep up with that and, and use it in the classroom, use it in our recruitment processes, I mean, it's just a constant effort to be ahead of that curve and to utilize technology in ways that make us more efficient, more effective.
1: Well, you know, as long as, you're, as, as, long as your company's been around, I'm glad uh, your last name's still young.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. so COVID and Spanish exactly. So, going forward, uh, what's the, what's the vision uh, in a couple of years uh, for participate? What do you say? Uh, well,
0: going? um, so we're continuing to build um global education programs that are, are uh, ideally going to scale to reach more and more students. Um, you know, we've been uh, a fairly regional organization, mostly we, we're based in North Carolina, uh, a lot of our our partnerships uh, uh, exist in North Carolina. Uh, we have opportunities uh, growing along the East Coast, but um, we believe that uh, that global education is not, uh, doesn't, uh, uh, shouldn't exist only in a few states, that it, it can certainly be a national priority. Uh, we believe we have uh, the content, the capacity, and the knowledge to, to help schools all over the country to implement uh, global education programs and. Our goal is to, to continue to try to find ways to serve more and more students.
1: And now, are you doing anything with the Sustainable Developmental Goals?
0: Absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, uh, you know, we, in, until a few weeks ago, we, we had an online division of our organization. We recently spun that off um, as its own organization, but uh, we, we built a, an entire platform that's free uh, to teachers all over the world implement uh, all of the sustainable development goals. We've built uh, professional development uh, content around that, and, and we've seen teachers take uh, that content and implement it in classrooms uh, all over the place, and certainly not just on the East Coast, but but really worldwide. And, and we think that those sustainable development goals really give us, and, and many other organizations, a, a a, a consistent platform that we can all kind of refer to. Mm. Before, before these existed, there were a lot of competing sort of priorities on what it means to be globally competent sure. and globally educated. Mm. The Sustainable Development Goals really give us a consistent uh, platform uh, You know, that's, that's sort of a, a house with the United Nations. Uh, and, and it's a place where all of us can agree, okay, here's, here's what we're aiming for. This is what it looks like to be a global citizen and to contribute to uh, the betterment of the world. Um, and so I think that uh, 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 those, those goals are, are critical to uh, the entire global education effort.
1: And, and for those listening to this on audio, um, the, the global goals are, there's 17 goals that the United Nations have put forth to achieve by 2030. That's kind of what we're referring to, such as uh, no poverty, no hunger, um, clean water, uh, you name it. Any, any problem that's going on in the world right now, the United Nations has set forth. And what Participate is doing it is uh, building a platform for educators and teachers around the world to follow and, and, and preach in their classrooms, which is, which is awesome. So um, going back to the classrooms, David, what would you say your, your um, advice would be for the next generation? Uh,
0: of students or teachers? Uh, students. So, uh students? Um, Well, I I mean, there's no question that um, whatever you learn today, um, you know, you're going to have to learn more tomorrow. Uh, There's no such thing as being done anymore. Um, Technology, I think, uh, has increased the pace of change to the point where, you know, change is the only constant and I think if you're a student um, learning how to learn and and learning um, how to uh, consistently reinvent yourself um, and your skills and your abilities is going to be critical. Um, You know I've had the same title for roughly 28 years but my my job's changed probably 28 times Um, and so the things that I do now have very little that you could recognize of what I did 10 years ago. Um, So think that I think that, uh, I think that uh, that's the future that every student will face is uh, you, you certainly need a base of communication capacity critical thinking um, the ability to collaborate to um, uh, communicate effectively hopefully in multiple languages but certainly uh, writing skills presentation skills marketing skills self marketing skills um, social media and um, now, all those are important, but they're going to change constantly. And so the ability to, um, mm. to uh, evolve with the world is going to be very critical. And so I think the, the first piece of advice I would say is don't ever think you're done. Um, even if you get a degree at some point or a badge or, or, a, uh, or, or a, a graduate degree, whatever the case may be, you know, you're, you're not done. You won't be done in, until until you
1: quit. It's really good advice. I like how you said you know change is the only thing that's constant. And, and part of our magazine is featuring these leaders who can think far-sighted, can think in the future, and, and what impact they're going to have today is going to make a difference tomorrow. So uh, the last question I'll ask you, David, is what is your definition of a real leader?
0: Well, um, you know, for better or worse, we have some examples out there but people think it's for adults but uh, I've been meeting with a lot of people recently that you know think about leadership training even starting you know very very early and so what so when I think about it that way like what what would I try to instill now in my my children which I am trying to do mm-hmm. we, we all probably all parents are uh, that you would try to instill in your in your kids and then what are what are some things that you might not want to instill and so um, you know I actually I, I when you mentioned that this question might be asked, I, I've written, I had written something several weeks ago. And so I'm just gonna pull it up, but I'll, I'll just read it to you because I think it's, it's pretty spot on. Um, first of all, I think being positive, thoughtful, empathetic, generous, obviously un- unselfish, caring, peaceful, sensitive, respectful, sincere, honest, humble, responsible, curious, critical thinking, openness to and appreciation for differences. Healthy eater, best for the kids. Um, environmentally aware, uh global citizens, uh complete sentences and proper grammar, lifelong learning, fairness, well-rounded, uh fitness, being polite, nice, calm, graceful, classy, and lawful. Um, that's a pretty good, good list, one. but but here's here's the list, the the opposite list: greed, negativity bombast, brash, crassness, braggart, angry, ignorant, isolationist, misogynist, dishonest, racist, thoughtless, war uh, warmonger, disrespectful, divisive, disinterested, money-oriented, threatening, foolish, impolite, overweight, poor grammar, simplistic, embarrassing, crooked, and a bully. So those are the things that I would say I, I do not think represent leadership. And, um, you know, when I see that and I tell my kids, uh, you know how they should view that as a role model i say yeah it's, it's like bizarro world with george you want to understand that from seinfeld but do do the opposite of, of that you'll be all right
1: <laughs> there you go well mr young we appreciate your time on this podcast and thank you to all the real leaders out there participating uh, in making the world a better place um, any last words today about
0: where someone can find more information about participate? Uh, sure. You can go to uh, participatelearning.com uh, um, and find more information. Uh, if you're a teacher and interested in learning more about joining us, uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you're an educator in, in school administration, uh, we have programs that can help you bring these kinds of uh, ideas to your students, and we would certainly uh, welcome uh, your interest. So, uh uh, thank you for the opportunity, Kevin, and uh, and really appreciate the uh, the award and, and then the uh, and the, the uh, second award. So cheers. Well, thank you all. And, folks, you can find
1: more uh, companies like David's at uh, real com or by picking up your magazine at local uh, newsstands and retailers around North America. David, unfortunately, there's none in Costa Rica right now, but we're working on that. Um, uh, so. I'll, I'll, I'll find
0: one.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So um, for, for David Young, everybody, I'm Kevin Edwards signing off, telling you all to go out there, be a leader, realize that change is the only comp, uh, constant and don't ever think that you're done. All right.